1: I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Tomorrow marks the start of a new year, according to the lunar calendar, and it's the year of the tiger. In normal times, this would be a big deal for me. I was born the year of the tiger, but this holiday feels subdued for a number of reasons. For Bay Area Chinese families like mine, Lunar New Year almost always means spending a lot of time in San Francisco Chinatown, eating in crowded restaurants and shuffling through the busy crowds to buy all the New Year essentials. That won't be the case this year yet again. The historic neighborhood has been unusually quiet. Chinatown depends on tourists and local commerce in order to survive, and both have been in steep declines during the pandemic. And now the Omicron surge is yet another hurdle the neighborhood faces. Chinatowns across the country serve as cultural hubs that people like me turn to for a sense of belonging. That's also the case for Chronicle food writer Janelle Bicker.
2: My mom is from Hong Kong and was very active in Oakland Chinatown. So I spent a lot of time in that neighborhood, going to the library, hanging out in Renaissance Plaza, getting boba drinks. And I feel like through my connection to Oakland Chinatown, I have felt really drawn to San Francisco Chinatown as a reporter. And feel like those stories and these cultural districts are just so important.
1: For longtime San Francisco resident Janet Chan, she'll always remember the first time she set foot in the city's Chinatown.
0: It's probably the first time that I've been in a place that people don't look at me and say, oh, you're different than us. Growing up in Chicago, even though I did grow up in Chicago Chinatown, we knew we were different. I almost felt like people kind of stared at us looked at us like we're different, we're an alien, even though we are just Americans, just like everyone else. And at the time, I really wanted to move to Hong Kong or to China. And... But when I saw San Francisco Chinatown, I thought, wow, I don't need to go that far. I can just go to California. (laughs)
1: Today on Fifth Emission, we're going to discuss how San Francisco Chinatown is surviving the COVID-19 pandemic and what its future may look like. Reporter Janelle Bittger spoke to business owners ahead of the Lunar New Year to see how they're doing. And later, I'll chat with Janet Chan, who's on a one-woman mission to save the neighborhood One business at a time. Let's start with Janelle. Janelle, thanks for being back on Fifth Emission. Thanks, Cecilia. Janelle, we know that Chinatown depends on its businesses to survive, and they've been experiencing a downturn for two years now, even before San Francisco issued its first shelter in place order. How are they doing now?
2: I've been to Chinatown periodically over the last couple years, and every time I go. I think maybe it's going to be busier this time, but I visited Chinatown just last week and, you know, it's the days leading up to Lunar New Year. I was expecting a lot more activity and it was pretty dead. It was kind of depressing, honestly, especially Grant Avenue, usually swarmed with people this time of year and it was a ghost town. So checking in with business owners, they pretty much all echoed what I was just seeing visually, that the last few months, ever since the Delta variant, really, um, it's been quite slow. And with Omicron and winter, it's been brutally slow, but they're hopeful. Uh, Later New Year always brings people to the neighborhood, at the very least during the parade. Omicron cases are falling. So... Even though the situation seemed bleak, a lot of them expressed optimism that those two things coinciding could make for a better situation soon.
1: And let's paint a picture of how hard things have been. I remember at the start of the pandemic, I remember hearing that businesses were experiencing 70 to 80 percent drops in revenue. Has that even improved a little bit as time has gone by?
2: I think it's improved for some businesses. Um, especially last summer. It sounded like a lot of the restaurants were seeing tourists again and people on weekends. And again, there was optimism and then these new variants hit. Otherwise, some businesses like Hing Lung, the barbecue specialists, um, they pivoted really well to online orders and they've been getting a lot of DoorDash deliveries. So I think for those businesses, especially those with younger owners who speak English it's been easier to figure out ways to get business right now
1: what sort of unique challenges have Chinatown had to address in order to survive
2: well i think unlike other neighborhoods Chinatown's just been so reliant on tourism especially international tourism i talked to the owner of Dragon Papa they make these like amazing hand pulled Chinese candies. And he said 90% of his business was tourists. Um, so for him, it wasn't even worth reopening after the shelter in place orders hit. So I think that dependence on tourism has been uniquely hard for Chinatown. And what they have to do is convince Bay Area residents, people living in Knob Hill or people living in the Mission to come more frequently.
1: What are businesses saying they need most to survive? More federal assistance, help from the city, more patronage from Bay Area residents?
2: All of the above. (laughs) Yeah, I have heard all of those things. Um, Definitely more aid, just people rediscovering the neighborhood. Um, One interesting idea that I hadn't heard before came from the Dragon Papa owner. Um, Derek said he thought the city should help Chinatown's businesses create online ordering platforms or get them on online ordering platforms. Because for a lot of these restaurant owners, if they don't speak English, they're not super tech savvy. Um, That's a huge barrier. Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know, aside from business recovery and the concerns around that, I imagine, Folks are also just worried about different things happening in the neighborhood. We've been hearing about how San Francisco is addressing the hate crimes around Asian Americans and violent attacks and other crimes being committed there. What did you hear from the folks you spoke to? So the business owners I spoke to
2: all said it's very safe in Chinatown right now. They are happy to see police presence. When I was walking around, I saw police driving up and down and waving to people. But they also all said that the elders who live in Chinatown are still scared to go outside because of the string of attacks and because of the coronavirus. So it's just these two things that make Chinatown's senior population the most vulnerable and preventing them from supporting some of these businesses like they normally would.
1: And you mentioned, you know, the people that Chinatown depends on for revenue are either tourists or the local residents, you know, the elderly that now are afraid to come out. And the problem here also is just the fact that there isn't patronage from other parts of the city. But why are business owners still betting on the neighborhood even as they face these sort of unsurmountable challenges?
2: I think it's the history. There's a lot of nostalgia for people who have family ties to the neighborhood. I spoke with um, Mindy Fong, who's opening Jade Chocolates. Jade Chocolates was a chocolate shop uh, in the Richmond district, but she's been trying to move it to Chinatown for this whole pandemic. And she has these amazing ambitious plans for live events and afternoon tea and this chocolate wonderland. But for her, this fifth generation Chinese-American in San Francisco, what could be better than being in Chinatown? And so I think it's a really personal decision for a lot of people. The same could be said for Brandon Jew at Mr. Jew's. That's been around for a while now,
1: but it's still one of these
2: newer places taking a chance on Chinatown. And for him, it's been great. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, as someone who reports on the food culture around the Bay Area, I mean, do you think that recovery for Chinatown is going to look like returning to what it used to be? Or will it have to revitalize itself in the way that maybe younger entrepreneurs are trying to do like you just described?
2: (sighs) It's a great question. I mean, we were talking about this before the pandemic, about the changing Chinatown and gentrification in Chinatown. And all of these banquet restaurants that are big community spaces being taken over by fine dining restaurants. I think that conversation is going to continue. And there are some people who feel like, you know, these spaces being taken over by restaurants that are not accessible to people in the neighborhood is a huge problem. There are others who feel like, no, this is the way we bring people in from outside the neighborhood and hopefully they stay and support other businesses. I mean, right now, I think everyone's focused on Omicron and just getting through this pandemic. But when and if the pandemic ends, I think the future of Chinatown will very much still be discussed.
1: Janelle Bitker is a food enterprise reporter for The Chronicle. Her story about Chinatown's survival in Lunar New Year is online now at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. After a quick break, I'll speak to someone who has made a big commitment to the future of Chinatown. Janet Chan is the woman behind the popular Instagram account SF Chinatown 2021. When she saw that San Francisco Chinatown was struggling to survive, she made it her personal mission to try every one of its restaurants and encourage others to do the same. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod, or by downloading the San Francisco
0: Chronicle app. My name is Janet Chan, and I am a San Francisco resident, and I don't want San Francisco Chinatown to go away. I'm on a crusade to save it. <laughs> Janet
1: Chan rarely visited San Francisco Chinatown until the pandemic hit, but the headlines about Chinatowns across the country being in danger motivated her to take action. She started an Instagram account, SF Chinatown 2021, and documented her mission to support every single business in the neighborhood. I wanted to talk to her about why this was so personally important and how she started her crusade
0: during the pandemic. Probably the first couple of weeks. I thought, wow, this is great. There's no tourists here. I can take pictures. It's beautiful. It made me slow down, look up, look around, smell what's going on. And then probably by about the third week, I thought, this is really weird. There's nobody here. And it's really sad when a few of the shopkeepers were open and nobody is in the store. Nobody's on the street, you know, and I kept waiting for it to get better. And waiting and waiting, and it felt like that waiting has been forever. And then I had some mm-hmm. friends that thought that Chinatown was just shut down, and I said, "No, the stores are open. There are stores that are open. There are restaurants that are open." I said, "Go down and check it out. They are open." And so um, I was talking to my daughter about, you know, I go, "Gee, I don't. I have all these pictures to send to people, videos to send to people to show them what Chinatown is looking like right now." So she suggested that I start an Instagram account. Uh, that's what I did. And I never thought that I would have anyone following me. I just thought people would just kind of look at the pictures and move on. And the next thing you know, I see it went from zero and it just kind of grew from that. And there were things that I never even knew that existed that I go, oh, I learned something new every day. I thought I knew everything about Chinatown.
1: Like what? What, what did you discover that was surprising?
0: Well, you know, Chinese New Year is a big deal for most Chinese. I think I've kind of Americanized my way of Chinese New Year. And then um, about a year ago, um, I discovered there's this thing called pun Choi, And I'm thinking, what is that? Or the tray of togetherness. I go, oh. And now I'm paying attention to all the details, the history of it, where the food's coming from, where the significance is. And I find that there's this um, generation of kids that are coming out now that really, Like my generation, I felt like we just wanted to be Americans, just like everybody else. And so um, a a lot of the different kind of food that I never paid much attention to, um, I'm starting to pay more attention to. Well, to back up a little bit, Janet, tell me more about what compelled you
1: to do this mission of visiting and trying out all the different kinds of businesses in Chinatown. How did you land on that idea?
0: Well, um, I kept seeing these articles that go, "Oh, um Chinatown and America are dying, um the vanishing chinatowns and so um I decided, and when the pandemic hit, and I see that there were so few people in Chinatown i you know, I was thinking of ways that I can help you know i'm I'm not a millionaire, so I can can't donate." billions and millions of money. Um, so my plan was, okay, every business that is open, I'm going to patronize it, starting with the eating establishment, because they're open for a purpose, and they're there for us, and we need to help them. And I felt like I'm local. I need to support our people. I need to support our community. So I'm mm. slowly trying to go, get to every single restaurant. I think I've been to every single, almost every single eating establishment on Grant Avenue pretty much almost every single one on Stockton. I miss one on Kearney or a couple on Kearney. And so, you know, every time I turn around, go, oh, wait, there's another one right there. I forgot about that one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You. It sounds like you've become sort of this ambassador to Chinatown in a way. You're visiting all these businesses. You're finding the hidden gems here and there. What has it been like to suddenly have this popular Instagram account and for people to, you know, see you as sort of this expert of Chinatown. What has that been like? It must have been sort of a surprising new role that you've taken on.
0: Well, yeah, it's kind of surprising. Um I I don't think of myself as an expert. I but I, I you know I do like it when people ask me, um, hey, you know what? I'm looking for such and such. Do you know if there's any store that sells this? And the thing is that if you don't uh, visit Chinatown and go into each store, you don't know what their specialties are. And so for me, it's just part of something that I enjoy doing. I'm walking through Chinatown anyways. So, you know, I can point them to the right direction. I'm hoping that they will go and patronize the store and buy from Chinatown instead of clicking on the Amazon link. Because uh, Jeff Bezos don't really care about our community, he's 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 looking for the fountain of youth and going to the moon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment for sure. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> so I figure, hey, it's my way of making my contribution to help you know our community, and it's not just like you know Chinese America. I think it's San Francisco in itself because there's a lot of people who kind of poo-poo San Francisco, and they were a bunch of crazy people that live here. And I'm thinking, no, 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 you really don't know California. You don't know San Francisco. I feel like San Francisco is such a warm place, and I truly believe that people here really care about each other. And I'm just doing my part in caring, and I see a lot of people who really care about their community, and I'm just a small part in helping, you know, hoping that I can make a difference. Mm -hmm. For someone like me, and maybe this sounds maybe
1: similar to you, whereas, you know, Chinatown was this place I would sometimes go to, Mm -hmm. you know, for a holiday to go get dim sum with my grandmother every so often. Uh But it wasn't wasn't a regular part of my routine. And now it sounds like you've pivoted during the pandemic. Now you're frequenting it and being a part of the community in a new way, you know, are, is this sort of also a call to, you know, Asian-Americans that maybe second, third, fourth generation to think of Chinatown in a different way than just a place to go to
0: every so often? Oh, yes. I'm hoping that that is. We've taken it for granted. We're like, oh, yeah, Chinatown. Where It's just kind of like a footnote in our life, kind of like a back thought. But, you know, when I'm talking to people now, I'm telling them, you know, there's so much more to Chinatown than just going there for them some. I said, we have to be proud of what our ancestors did. When I think about how San Francisco Chinatown got rebuilt after the 1906 earthquake, I'm thinking to myself, wow, those guys were so smart. And they made it a touristy destination. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, they put all this hard work into building Chinatown. We just can't let it slip
1: out of our hands. Well, Janet, I commend your effort to to help bring awareness to Chinatown and encourage, you know, residents a- across the Bay Area to to visit and support these businesses. Thank you so much for talking to me.
0: Well, thank you very much.
1: Janet Chan is a San Francisco resident. Her Instagram account is sfchinatown2021. Follow it for some delicious food pictures, and more importantly, to rediscover all the things you love about San Francisco Chinatown. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening. Happy New Year.